Our gospel reading this morning is from the 10th chapter of St. Luke. A lawyer stood up to test Jesus. He said, "'Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life?' And Jesus said to him, "'Well, what is written in the law? What, what do you read there?' And he answered by quoting Deuteronomy and Leviticus, saying, "'Well, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself.' Jesus said to him, "'You have given the right answer. Do this.'" and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, but who is my neighbor? Now, Jesus replied by sharing this parable. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, by the way, a road that was well known to be a a treacherous road filled with bandits uh, on, on a journey. No one would have traveled that road alone, but for whatever reason, this man was traveling alone as he was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And, and likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he likewise passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was not from that traditional land of of Israel. Samaritans were looked down upon by the Jews. Samaritans were despised in many respects by the Jews. A Samaritan of all people, while traveling, came near to this man who was in the ditch. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii. A denarii is, is a day's worth of wages. So, two days' worth of wages he took out. He gave to the, them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. So, Jesus asked, so which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, again, happy Thanksgiving to you. We sure hope that um, you'll have an opportunity this week to spend um, as you would like, whatever that looks like for you. Some will be with family, of course. Some are going to be traveling. Some are just going to take a break for those of you who aren't able to do any of that, we hope that still you'll be able to step aside and, and, and uh, from your normal routine and give thanks for all that is good, and, and that maybe even you'll enjoy some good Thanksgiving humor, for example. What do you call a turkey the day after Thanksgiving? Lucky. What, a, what is a turkey particularly thankful for? Vegetarians, right? And then finally, why did the turkey cross the road? Well, he wanted us to think that he was a chicken. (laughs) Oh, come on. Come on now. You know you'll use some of those around the Thanksgiving table this year, and as you should. We hope it's going to be a great time for you, a great week of blessing. Repeat after me. Every time I think of you, I thank my God. Every time I think of you, I thank my God. That's what Paul was saying to the Philippians, the church at Philippi. I think we could say that. I hope we would of each other. I certainly say it of you. Every time I, th- I think of you, I thank my God. For today's sermon, I've stepped away from the lectionary and I've chosen a familiar story that's often used on Thanksgiving, the story of the Good Samaritan, of a man 
a stranger who helps another stranger who's lying helpless in a ditch on the side of a very dangerous road, this road from Jerusalem to Jericho. It strikes me that when we read the Good Samaritan story, we often think of people like or stories like um, uh, uh, Wesley Autry. I don't know if you've heard about him. This was a, a popular story. It was spoken about a whole lot uh, several years ago. He was a construction worker in New York City who was standing on a subway platform with his two young daughters. They were ages six and four, young daughters waiting on a train. Suddenly, a 21-year-old man was on the platform sort of nearby, and apparently he had a seizure, and he fell. He fell over off the platform into the subway tracks. I mean, frightening, right? And just at that moment, the headlights of a rapidly approaching train appeared in the subway train. This was just a, a nightmare for anybody who was there. Wesley Autry without hesitating, jumped down in the tracks to rescue uh, the man by dragging him out of the way of the train. But the train was coming too fast, and there was not time to pull him fully away or back up onto the platform. So Wesley pressed the man into the space between the rails and spread his own body over him, on top of him, to protect him. And the train amazingly passed over them, the two of them. Amazingly, it cleared Wesley by just mere inches, coming close enough to leave grease marks on his knit cap. When the came, train came to a halt, Wesley called up to the frightened un onlookers. They had not been breathing for the last minute or two, I'm sure, and he just yelled out, please, there are two little girls up there. Let them know their daddy is okay. Immediately, as you can imagine, Wesley Altry was a, was a hero. He didn't have to do what he did. He didn't know the man. He had plenty of reasons to do nothing at all, including having two daughters, six and four, on the platform. But a human being was in desperate need. Wesley saw it and did what he could to save him. A good neighbor, a good Samaritan. Great story, right? But let me ask, are we really capable of helping everyone in need? Let me think about it. At the beginning of today's story, um, a lawyer is in conversation with Jesus. They're talking about lots of stuff. I mean, come on, if you had Jesus, <laughs> an opportunity to talk with Jesus, you, you'd engage him in all kinds of conversation and questions, pepper him with all kinds of questions. And they're talking about life, abundant life, eternal life, life now, all of that, good faithful ethics. Uh, and he quotes Scripture by saying that we are to love God and to love our neighbor when they're in that interchange, you might remember. But, but then he asked Jesus, but Jesus, please help me. So is sort of the question that we might be asking in hearing the story of Wesley Altry. But who is my neighbor that I'm called to love? Who, who is it? Jesus responds with this parable, of course, telling the story of a man. And by the way, did you notice that in this parable, this man doesn't have a name? Now, the others don't have a name either, but we know a little bit of details about every other character in the story except this man, only that he's traveling and that he's thrown into the hands of robbers and bandits who rip him and, and strip him and, and just take everything that he's, that he's gotten. But it's a nameless man. He doesn't have a name. All we know about him is that he is in need. When Martin Luther King was preaching about this parable, he defined the neighbor as this, anyone toward whom you are neighborly. He is anyone who lies in need at life's roadside. He is neither Jew nor Gentile, Russian nor American. He is neither Negro nor white. He is a man in need on one of the numerous Jericho roads of life. Jack Casey uh, learned early on what it looked like to be a neighbor. 
Casey was raised by his father, who was an alcoholic. Uh, it was a tough way to grow up. Jack was often afraid to come home. In fact, he once said, all, all my father ever taught me is that I did not want to grow up to be like him. But something happened to Jack when he was a child that changed his life. He was, he was having surgery in the hospital one day. It's sort of unknown as to why this was the case, but he was alone. Maybe his father who had dropped him off at the hospital or something, but he's facing surgery. He's there alone, and he's frightened, a little boy, of course. His father wasn't around, but he remembers a nurse who was. She was standing there, and she was reassuring him throughout those moments before surgery. Don't worry, she said to Jack. I'll be here right beside you no matter what happens. And sure enough, when Jack woke up again, she was true to her word. She was still there, the only person in his life who had been true to her word. Years later, Jack Casey, now a paramedic, was at a a scene of a horrible accident. A man was pinned down against, uh, pinned upside down in his pickup truck and and as Jack was trying to get him out of the wreckage, gasoline was dripping down on, on both of them. The rescuers were using power tools to, uh, to cut the metal. And one little spark, of course, could just send everything and everyone up in flames. The driver was frightened and was crying that he was afraid of dying. And, and Jack grabbed his hand and he said to him, don't worry, I'm right here with you. I'm never going anywhere In that moment, Jack said, he had this vision of a nurse who had said those exact same words to him years earlier. Days later in the hospital, the truck driver said to Jack, you know what, you're an absolute idiot. (laughs) I mean, that thing could have exploded and we both could have died. I know, Jack said, but I just couldn't leave you. A neighbor, says Jesus, is anyone who lies in need at life's roadside. When my kids were little, Blue's Clues was a favorite cartoon. Anybody remember Blue's Clues? Maybe, I don't know if you're the generation that saw it, or maybe your grandkids did, or some, who knows, but great show, wonderful cartoon. In fact, I'm not sure I ever fully understood how important the lead character was to their growing up, but he was. I mean, sort of like, I guess, Sesame Street was far more important to my growing up than I ever realized until I got, you know, later on in life. But the lead character was a guy named Steve. Steve was a teenage guy whose best friend was an animated dog named Blue. Well, a day rocked kids' world across the United States, including my own kids, when Steve abruptly announced that he was leaving the show to go to college and that that very episode would be his last. And sure enough, it was. I mean, literally, they didn't give any warning whatsoever. He was gone. It was over. And Steve was off to college just like that. My kids, kids everywhere were, were devastated. They were stunned because he was more than a guy on TV. He was their neighbor. He was their friend. Well, that was 19 years ago, a few weeks ago, Steve posted a video on Twitter that clarifies things a little bit and then speaks to the beauty of being a friend, a neighbor, of helping each other out. Take a look. Hi. You got a second? Okay. You remember how when we were younger we used to... um, run around and hang out with Blue and find clues and talk to Mr. Salt and freak out about the mail and do all the fun stuff. And then one day I was like, oh, hey, guess what? Big news. I'm leaving. 
uh, this is my brother Joe, he's your new best friend, and then I got on a bus and I left. And we didn't see each other for like a really long time. Can we just talk about that? Great. Because I, I realized that, that that was kind of abrupt. Um, I just kind of got up and went to college. And uh, that was really challenging, by the way, but great because I got to use my mind and take a step at a time, and now I literally am doing many of the things that I wanted to do. And then look at you, and look at all you have done, and all you have accomplished in all that time. And it just, it's just so amazing, right? I mean, we started out with clues, and now it's what? Student loans, and um, jobs, and families, and some of it, has been kind of hard, you know? I know you know. And I wanted to tell you that I, I really couldn't have done all of that without your help. And in fact, all the help that you helped me with when we were younger is still helping me today, right now. And that's super cool. I guess I just wanted to say that after all these years, I never forgot you ever. And I'm super glad we're still friends. Thanks for listening. You look great, by the way. Whatever it is you're doing, it's working. My 26-year-old son, Carter, passed that video along. Uh, still his good friend, Steve, right? Who has been a neighbor to you? I think you should let them know this week. I do. Come on, I'm serious. Uh, don't let that pass you by. This week, be very intentional. Think of folks who have been a neighbor to you. Write them a note, send them a text, send them a video message if you like. Let them know. Let this week be a, an opportunity for you to say thank you. Paul says to the Philippians, every time I think of you, I thank my God. And it's true. I hope that every day when we wake up, and certainly multiple moments during the day, and this world that can be so chaotic and sometimes so uber-critical, let, let our hearts be filled with great, great thanksgiving. There's a second character I'm thankful for in this parable today, and it's a parable that, or a character that maybe could get overlooked if you're not careful, oddly enough, because that character's name is Jesus. And here's what I mean. I have to admit that whenever I read this parable, I, 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 feel sort of, I feel sort of guilty because I'm not a very good Samaritan. I mean, I, I, I preach about it, teach about it a lot, but I know myself. In times of need, I sometimes can be too selfish or, or sometimes too afraid to, to help, uh, filled with lots of excuses maybe, more excuses than I'm, uh, that, I'm, uh, that might be, I don't know, whatever they are, uh, of why helping the guy in need just isn't prudent or maybe it's not safe or, or it doesn't serve our national security, whatever it is, while my neighbor is there lying in the ditch. And I stand on the sidelines and I analyze and I scrutinize and, and I rationalize and I criticize, whatever all that is. Sure, I'll wring my hands and sometimes I'll, I'll shed a tear and I'll pray that God will send somebody to help him out. But, but at the end of the day, I'm just not being a very good Samaritan myself, a very good neighbor. Which means that 
if I'm not the Samaritan, then I must be the, the person in the ditch, really. The one who lies helpless and wounded beside the road. The one who needs to be rescued, that's me. And if you remember the story, you know, don't you, that along comes this sort of bizarre character, the Samaritan, a foreigner, somebody that nobody else likes, a good Samaritan that we later call him. And now we know as, as Jesus, perhaps, the one who is despised and rejected, as it turns out, the one who comes to save us, speaks tenderly to us, to hold our hand and to lift us into his arms, the one who says, don't be afraid, I won't leave you. I'm so thankful for Jesus, aren't you? I mean, really, we're going to spend this week saying thanks uh, for so many things in life. Don't forget to be thankful for Jesus. I mean, because look, I was a lost and helpless sinner without the power of Jesus in my life. The one whose mercy has made my own heart merciful whenever it can be, that's from Jesus. Whose neighborliness has opened my way, my eyes to a whole new understanding of what it means to be a neighbor. I couldn't do it without the power and example of Jesus in my life. And so as you spend time giving thanks this week, don't forget to give deep thanks for Jesus who has rescued you, who has redeemed you, who has scooped you up from the ditch and walked alongside you into the dawn of a brand new day. Spend time this week with one another, with your family, with your friends. Gather around the table and say something that you're thankful for, but please, friends, spend time this week also in great thanksgiving for Jesus. Will you pray with me? Lord God, it's true, we live in a world of, of lots of challenges where, I don't know, it seems like there's more griping than there is gratitude, more bashing than blessing, more apprehension than there is appreciation, which is why today we just want to step aside and, and say thanks. That's it. So that our hearts, maybe, Lord, will be hearts that are filled with none of the distractions of, of that junk, of that life, but a heart that's just filled with thanks. Lord, thank You for Your goodness and Your grace. Thank You, Lord, for, for Your forgiveness and Your mercy. Thank You, Lord, for each new breath that we take and for each new day that we enjoy. Thank You, Lord, for, for our community, for our coworkers, for our friends, for our family. Thank You, Lord, for challenges that become opportunities, for periods that, that become commas. Thank You for dormant trees that will soon, we, we know, at one point will burst forth in spring. The Lord, thank You for You, for being our Savior, our Redeemer, for being the one who cares for us more than we could ever even imagine or comprehend, who dares to walk alongside us because you have known us before we were even in our mother's womb. Lord, teach us, not just this week, but for all the days of our lives, teach us, O Lord, to rejoice in you always with each new day to say, we rejoice. Amen.